So the things we're gonna do is first, first we're gonna do is just by clapping our hands. And we're gonna clap our hands like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes one, two, one, two, three. Here we go. <laughs> my name is Nancy Howard, and this is my number one. Perhaps that sounds vaguely amusing. I've known my friend Marsha since I first got out of school. I'm trying to think of how famous you were then. Not, I don't think so, but maybe one movie, maybe. Had you done Miller's Crossing? I think I'd done Miller's, Okay, yeah. so you were fairly famous. Yeah, you were. I think you were. And I was just coming out of school, and I took over Juilliard. a part. You were like the fresh Juilliard grad with blonde hair and blue eyes, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, that was a humble brag, all right. But hey, I'm with an Academy Award winner, so cut me some slack. I had a problem because I took over a role. Somebody got fired. Which I forget totally who. I forget the name of who. Immediately, there was another actress in the in the show. Right. Who would We're not, not happy with you. No. She was like, because I was like, can I walk? And she wanted the exact, exact same performance. Blocking. Right, the right. exact blocking. Right. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird because you just she just comes in and sits down for two hours. Right, which is maybe why she got fired because it wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. I've always in the fight or flee zone, I've always been the flea. And I love that Marsha has always been up for the fight. My memory is you were like a lion. Like you came in and you were like, don't fuck with her. And it was the most profound. You know, a lot of times they say now with women, like they don't stick up for each other. And they're like, what do they say? Like the, a barrel of crabs. There's a reason why you don't have to put a top on a barrel of crabs. You know, you put a bunch of, you have a bunch of crabs in a the barrel, they won't get out because every time one of them crawls up just enough to get out, the other ones pull them back down. My first experience with you was every great thing about women empowerment. And even though Marsha and I see each other very rarely now, every time we do, it's as if no time has passed at all. The person you said who said you think that you look, that you're so cool, you don't have to worry about style. Was that me? <laughs> I think it was. I think it was me. I think it was. And you, you. were like, that's just a <laughs> shitty way of saying that I am look like a slob. Like, it's not even that. But then I was describing you to somebody, and I was like, she's literally like a slob, and but she's the coolest person like in the world. And then I was like, fuck, I think that was me who said that to Nancy. By the way, you wouldn't be the only one because we have history. I mean, I was in between her legs when her child was born, filming. Eulalia's face came right yeah. out and looked straight down the camera lens into yeah. my eyes. Wow. And I was like, <gasps> it w that was the most life-affirming moment. Like, it, like it was crazy. Wow. She was so in her body. <laughs> That's her. <laughs> She's, Layla's got something about her. There's something otherworldly. I know. I've always felt so connected to her. Yeah. And maybe that was part of it. When I originally moved here, I moved four houses down from Marsha. And that was part of the reason why I loved living here. I was living in a third floor walk up. Every time I had to go travel, I had to bump, 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 bump the suitcase yes. up and down the stairs. Four in the morning. Then I hear people like outside my window, you know, drugs and this and another until four. Like it was, I got tired of it. And she knows my history, every part of it. You explored everything and everyone at some point. And yes. I was like, Polly the Prude going, I don't know how you can do that, Nancy. And when I started this podcast, I sent her a text and said, hey, I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing, but um, I'd love to have you on this. So three months later, here she is. 
Marcia Gay Harden. This is like a celebrity in my number one. Yep, just in time for the Oscars, our very special Academy Award episode. Even when I imitate you, I'm like, oh, guys, you have to listen to my friend Nancy's like, number one podcast. So she'll go like, hey, guys, I'm Nancy Howard, and basically what I do is... Basically what I do is ask my friends what their number one healing modality is, and then I go try it. And the number one that she came up with is the biggest shocker ever for me. For me, I've been feeling so serious yes. about everything. Yeah. That's part of the the transformation, or when people go through, I think, transformations or searching, or what is the meaning, or this and yeah. another. I mean, I was bracing myself for pain. After all, she was in Fifty Shades of Grey. Did you think there was anything there where you thought, God, th- I could, I see this, I could get into this? No. Nothing. <laughs> And even if she isn't into BDSM, like in the movie, she definitely does not shy away from going into difficult experiences. When I most desperately needed to heal, which was uh, during the process of my divorce, um, which by the way, I think it's like a brain, it's almost like brain surgery. You know, everybody gets divorced, it seems anyway, 50%. And I feel like we treat it so lightly because it's so common. Yeah. I think it's a brain trauma. It, yeah. for, for me, for sure, it was brain trauma. So I needed to heal. I had three kids to raise, and I needed to heal. And mostly what I did was, like, suck it up. That yeah. was basically my healing mode. But even as I was bracing myself for something pretty deep and painful, she constantly surprised me. You've heard of the bench in Japan, right? That you sit on this bench in Japan. It's in a park. It's a laughing bench. No. And people go, and they sit on it, and they are like, and they and you walk by, and they're like, <laughs> And then they just stay on the bench and they laugh for like a while. Is her number one a laughing bench? Meeting this person, his name is Siri Gopal Singh. At first I met him for massage. Is he a masseuse? My daughter, uh, Jalita, the little one, as I was leaving to go back to Dugata Carnage, she jumped from one single bed to hug me. Yeah. And it threw me off balance. And as we started falling toward the ground, her head was falling toward a big metal rod and somehow I twisted my body around oh. and slammed my neck against the rod uh-huh. and hit the ground. Coincidentally, Marsha was rushed to the very hospital that she was born in. Um, and my mom says, honey, you got hit on the head to realize that your marriage is over. I remember this time in Marsha's life. She was in a play called God of Carnage with Hope Davis and James Gandolfini. And she would bring her, I I think they were eight or nine year old twins to work at night. Funny moments in this play. Uh, I got funny moments. And they would sit in her dressing room and listen to it every night over the loudspeaker, but they had never seen it. And Marsha asked me to take the kids to a preview so they could watch it. And, spoiler alert, there's a point in the play where, through special effects, Hope Davis projectile vomits across the room. (laughs) And it's supposed to be a total shocker. You just don't see it coming. And that's all the kids cared about. They listened to it every night backstage and did a countdown, and they were just dying to see what it looked like. 
I sat them down on either side of me and they were the only kids in the theater. This was a very adult play. And as the play started to go on, they started to whisper to me in the way only children can. <laughs> which is basically like shouting in a whisper. And as it got close to Hope's big moment, they started to mouth the words of the play with no conception of what they were saying. But they had learned the entire scene backstage as a sort of countdown to puke. And they were like, here it comes. She's gonna blow. She's gonna throw up you guys very, very soon. And as they did this, the people around us were livid. They kept looking at me like, what are you doing here with two eight-year-olds? And I wanted to be like, these are Marsha's kids. <laughs> but I didn't. And I was so amused that it was hard for me to tell them to be quiet because it was so funny. And then finally, when Hope does throw up, they screamed like she was being slimed in a Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Award. I mean, it was hilarious. Not for the other patrons who thought I was laughing along with my children instead of trying to keep them under control. But while we were laughing it up in the audience, Marsha was on stage in both physical and mental agony. And she said, "You, it's no surprise you're in a play called God of Carnage yeah. about a marriage that's ending and that you got hit on your head and that you were in the same hospital where you were born. Yeah. She said, this is a rebirth for you. Oh, my God. That was so my deep. My mother. Yeah. Marsha has just written a wonderful book called Seasons of My Mother, which comes out in May. And while it is about her mother and her challenges with Alzheimer's, it's really not. It's about the life she had with her. And it is funny and poignant. And it's clear that Marsha is very adept at taking pain and spinning it into gold. So he did something to make it possible for me to walk on the stage that night. We had to redo blocking because I couldn't beat up James Gandolfini, but I couldn't jump on the kid, but we, we had to redo some things. But he made me, basically, I could walk. And then he would come and he would do massage for me. So he's a masseuse. He's in everything. Okay. He's a healer, basically. And he would do massage and I couldn't stop crying during the massage there you would look down at that circle yeah and there you could see the strings of oh. snot from my face <laughs> and there'd be like a pool underneath i'm laughing but all i'm thinking is oh god here we go again get the kleenex and he had told me he was going to do some gong but you know i'd be like okay maybe one day sure and then he said, I'm going <laughs> to, as he's trying to massage, and uh, he said, I'm going to do it right now. I've done gong meditations before with big groups of people and lots of gongs and bells and things, but I've never done a single gong healing before. But what ended up happening, which I didn't expect, was that, you know, this, their sound went on for so long and intensely that it opened up the cells. Yeah. The cells, I could feel them move apart. And I keep hearing about different sound modalities used for healing. 
whether it's Luke's story and his amp coil, which delivers targeted frequencies to the body to address imbalances, or Anka's chanting, which was studied at Hyderabad University and has proven to raise serotonin levels. It's a person putting their energy into the gong, which is then coming through the sound into you. Yeah. And so that there's an intuitive quality to it. And I stopped crying. I mean, that was maybe the last time that I couldn't, con I couldn't control it. Yeah. And then I could control it. But you can't put him in that box either because he does a million other things. He's like a white turban and all that, Siri, and I love the way he looks. And he's like jolly. You yeah. Know? He's just always jolly and laughing. And he, I guess he does this yoga where people are, part of the therapy is laughing. He also does something called laugh yoga, which Marsha had never tried, but she'd heard a lot about it. Great idea. And then it's infectious, right? Yeah. And then laughter is so healing. And, and that's the one thing I haven't tried. I mean, I'm in comedy, and all I'm doing lately is crying. It can get really serious. You can get really in your head. You and are then, so right. right. And then you f you forget. You think, what did I love? Like, remember, Nancy, when we were in Sundance and we were wrestling with each other yes. in the snow? We were literally, <laughs> we were literally shoving each yeah. other's face in the snow. And we couldn't stop laughing. laughing. It's funny. I don't remember anything about that trip to Sundance with her except that. I'm guessing we were there over some kind of work. For me, and I'm sure with you, we use our work as the thing that gets us out of the house. It gets you out, it's so social, it's, yeah. you're always around people, so when you go home, you just wanna be yeah. home. And then you're like, oh, I'm home, and I don't know how much time I'm gonna have, so I'm just gonna isolate. It's so great to talk to somebody who knows your entire history. It might be the best part of doing this podcast. Sir, say his name again. Siri Gopal Singh. S I N G H. Okay. okay. At and first, Siri apparently means master. I used to always go, "Hey Siri, hey Siri," and finally, he's like, "You really have to call me Siri Gopal Singh." I'm like, "Why? Why?" He's like, "Because Siri means master, and you can't go around calling me master." Hey master. master. Hey master. Master. Well, right. what's funny is, you know, Siri on the on the iPhone. That's all I thought of. I know. That's right. We've made our phones our masters. But Siri Gopal Singh was turning into the master of mystery. Who knew what he was going to do with me? He, like, I like the idea that he'll, like, look and be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I hope so. Right? Yeah, I hope so. I didn't know what it's going to be like with you. And neither did I. So I called my friend Angela on the way over to download. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. Is it, you're not going to any place, like, remote and distant at all though right you're like no i'm on Robert's like people head. will hear you scream he and i texted a couple of times and he said that he tuned in to me and that he wants to do something with my feet and that it was going to be intense in a way that's horribly painful he does something called lap yoga lap like in my lap lap or lap like ha 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 okay oh no he doesn't think he's funny okay this could be bad yeah, don't tell a comedian that somebody does laugh yoga. Um, <laughs> they're dubious. You know how they always say, leave, leave comedy to the professionals? I'm pulling up to him right now. If he makes foot jokes, just remember I warned you. Yeah. You know, I've been like selling crystals for many years, and 
And Marsha was right. He was dressed in white from head to toe with a turban and a beard. And he was such a lovely guy. I mean, just smiling, upbeat. A really beautiful variety of items. And it's, it's kind of, and it's, yeah, I love this. I love what crystals do for not only people's homes, but they're also very inspiring, mm -hmm. you know. And we walked into this room, which was filled with incredible crystals everywhere and artwork and just an eclectic, really cool vibe. How did you get started with all of these? Um, like, what was your first thing you ever... I got into, like, for me, it's like I got into... My parents always, like, we would always go on hikes and pick up rocks yeah. and stuff like that. So that was something that was already a part of my, like, fa like you know, childhood. Mm -hmm. But then when it got into more of, like, like minerals of this sort, it was really when I got into, like, honestly, salt lamps and selenite. You know, two things that that light up, that are very healing, that don't need to be cleared or cleaned because they're always clearing. They're always clear themselves. That was kind of the vibe I got from him. Just always clear. Always clearing. So I've been collecting Sister Created Kent's artwork. It's uh, She was a nun back in the 50s, and, and she did a lot of work using ads using words oh yeah it's very graphic and then i looked at a picture that looked just like him this is great this is you that's not me that's that's my teacher yogi bhajan <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god yeah, I, it's so funny yeah and the phrase is keep up and you'll be kept up and that's kind of what that was like the main thing he, he taught whenever i see somebody in a uniform of any kind it kind of for me, creates a level of formality where I feel like, oh, I'll never get to know this person. But when I started speaking to him, I immediately felt like I knew him and we were old friends. I was in college and I had, I was taking some classes and I took a kind of yoga class and then I just started like, honestly, I started crying in this class and I was like, okay, something's going on here. Like something's happening here. There's something that's opening up in me. You know? Yeah. And I took a, a Kundalini Yoga teacher's training as a course in college, actually. Yeah. So I got credit for it. You know, and I'd come out to California and take a course every, you know, every once a month for several months. And, yeah. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, I want to teach this and not do anything else. So after walking me around and having a little chat about my feet and what he was going to do, I said, you know, I'm also kind of interested in laugh yoga. I mean, I work in comedy, just seems like a, a good thing for me to try. So we sat down on the floor and we began. Okay, so laughter yoga is something I've been teaching for many, many years. It come, it was started by a man named Dr. Kataria in India, in Mumbai. And there was a group of them that came together and, and they started like telling jokes and laughing and all that stuff in parks, and in this park, but they realized that the joke telling gets a little old. You know, yeah. it can kind of go into different different ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and with mixed audiences, people can get offended. And, 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 it doesn't always go well. Yeah, yeah. So the th cool thing about laughter yoga is that laughter yoga is something that doesn't rely on humor, joke telling, or anything of that nature. Like, we can just laugh for no reason. Great. The great thing about laughter is that the body responds amazingly. I'm sure you've maybe heard that laughter is good for the soul. Like, mm -hmm. there's this proverb that says, 
laughter is good like a medicine or a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Yeah. So it's medicine, it's really it's medicine. This is so funny because my writing partner and I for years have had a running thing where whenever we do any kind of screening, he makes me do a fake laugh to get everyone started. So. <laughs> And I got really good at my fake laugh. When one laughs, whether they feel like laughing or they don't feel like laughing, you get the same benefits. Mm -hmm. So you fake laugh or real laugh, you get the same benefits. So I'm gonna put some of it here. And wherever you are, in your car, while you're driving around, taking a walk, why don't you join us? Increasing circulation to the body, increasing your lung capacity, because that ha, 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 that sound actually die, it really causes the diaphragm to pop quite a bit and move quite a bit, which opens the lung, okay? okay. Another thing that's really nice is that it brings about a childlike playfulness, and that creativity really unlocks the brain, you know what I mean? And laughter is so good for people who are really stuck. Yeah. Like, laughter really starts to shift the aspect, okay? okay. So the things we're going to do is first, first we're going to do is just by clapping our hands. So we're going to clap our hands like this. <laughs> so it goes, one, two, one, two, three. Here we go. One, two. Perfect, perfect. You got the first part. The next part we'll do is we're gonna use the words ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Okay. Let's do it together. Here we go. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Again. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. One more time. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. And then we're gonna end it with a yay. Let's do it again. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho. into each other's eyes and it was just infectious. I couldn't stop laughing. Get people to dance together, get people to laugh together, and get people to eat together. That's the easiest, easiest, easy. You don't have to get them to believe in the same cause, yes. live in the same neighborhood, have the same color, you know, have the same colorist. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, you know, you just get him to laugh and look at each other and dance. Okay. And his laugh is fantastic. Okay. And take a deep breath in. Hold it. You're going to hold the breath. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Exhale. Again, let's do it two more times. Inhale. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Exhale. One more time. Inhale. Hold it. Hold it, hold it, exhale. Very good, very good, yay! Very good, very good, yay! Now this time we're gonna do it with, as we exhale, we're gonna actually gonna laugh. So let's take a deep breath in. Hold it, hold it, hold it, exhale, laugh. Again, inhale. Hold it. Hold it, hold it, exhale. <laughs> ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Yay! Very good. Very good. Very good. Yay! Again. Very good. Very good. Yay! Now take a deep breath in and bring those arms all the way up. With a ha. And then bring them down with a he. Touch the ground again, all the way up. Ah. Ah. <laughs> 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 
见，好同学，好。<笑><笑>Socks on. I felt like I was shimmering, and I looked around the room, and he said, "Hey,、um, you like any of these crystals?" And I said, "Are you kidding? I like all of these crystals. They're amazing." And he said, "Well, why don't you see which one you gravitate towards?" The first beginning is just for you to feel and tune into the crystal. What sense do you get just by having your hands on this? I feel heat, like a lot of heat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is wild. Yeah, because it's so cold. Right. To feel this much、mm-hmm. heat. Sometimes people will feel heat with you know sensations when they know a crystal is maybe for them or is working for them or working with them. And I found a beautiful crystal that looked kind of like Mount Everest to me, and I decided to call it. Everest, or Eve.、Um, today is actually a very special day because I think today is a full moon. It is. And a full moon happened. I think let's clarify it, but I think it happened around 4:30 when we started this session. Oh my God! And, and then also, you know, and also this would be a good time to get a crystal. The crystal had three hearts in the back and a heart in the front, and it was so heavy that he had to take it to the car, and I was so happy. 
And then, you were like, there was like it was like the smorgasbord of healing. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. So then he starts doing the gong, and the gong is right next to me. You know, it's not. I told you it's fucking loud, right? It's so fucking loud. And I said, I felt like it was like you were about to run up a hill and jump off a cliff. And I felt like we just touched the surface of all he can do. I've gotten so many of these. This is so good. This is like never ending. This is another one I really like. Is that you were going to take the brain out. You're gonna take a little knife, yeah. and you're gonna act like you're cutting your brain open. Okay. <laughs> take it open. Oh! Thank you, Siri Gopal Singh, for letting me take my brain out, give it a wash, and put it back in fresh. I believe if you make yourself laugh, some part of that is you're going to get the. Uh, it's like fooling your body into actually having that feeling. And thank you, Angela V. Shelton, for a comedian's view on laughter. <laughs> You'd be like, she's, she's looking, looking at her phone. phone. And, and I knew so she I wanted know it's to time leave. to wrap it up. So I'm going to tell her about, I'm going to bring it back to you. <laughs> Marsha, I adore you. It was so wonderful getting back in touch and going down memory lane. Oh my God, we had some good times. And I'm so blown away by your writing. I cannot believe this is your first book. I have no doubt this is just the beginning of many. I want to do the laugh yoga too. Right? Should we do it together? I would do that, yeah. Okay. It's like that quote. In the end, you always go back to the people who were there for you in the beginning. And thanks for being such a great audience. If you like this, please share, rate on iTunes, and contact me. Let me know how you like it. If you're looking to contact Siri Gopal Singh, he can be reached by email at satnamyal at gmail.com. S-A-T-N-A-M-Y-A-L-L at gmail.com. And of course, you can always go to www.mynumberonepodcast.com for more. My name is Nancy Hauer, and this is My Number One.